Okay, I'm ready, bitches. It's 12 o'clock. I'm ready. So what? Okay. And what? And what, bitch? And what? And Gia just rolled out of bed. No, I didn't, bitch. (laughs) I was I was fucking researching Christmas shit earlier. I cannot wait to talk about some of these songs. And I can't wait to start talking about some of this album, bitch. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Nick, Gareth, and Gia. This week, we are reviewing the one, the only, Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey. And we have a special guest. Who do we have, guys? All right, we've got our special friend, Michael Kadash, to help us fully break down and review this album. Iconic, legendary, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas. Hello, hello. Yes, iconic and legendary. There are not enough words to describe how perfect this album is. So thank you for having me today, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself, because we know that you have a a podcast as well. It's called Planet 2000s. Tell us about yourself and about your podcast a bit. Okay, cool. Well, my name is Michael, and I, yeah, my podcast, Planet 2000s, basically it was, you know, it started off as a COVID project, you know, when everybody was kind of home with nothing to do. And I was like, you know what? I've always been such a lover of music my whole life. And I'm just for reference, I'm born in 1995. So the um, decade that I grew up on was the 2000s, like that formed me as a human and my love for music. So obviously in that time, I was listening to a lot of older albums that I hadn't heard since I was a child. Cause you know, that's what we were, we were all doing. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm listening to so many podcasts. Why don't I start something where I kind of merged my love of music with, you know, podcasting and seeing if it will reach anybody. And, and it did. And so two years later, I'm still doing it. Every episode, I pick an album from the 2000s and I kind of just make like a mini, like sometimes I'll make it a mini 20 minute documentary style thing. And sometimes I'll have guests on and we'll talk for hours. You know what I mean? It just, I guess it just depends on the album. Um, but I love it. And it's been really cool to meet people online who love music just as much as I do, i.e. you guys. And yeah, and I get to do cool things like this. So I am a big lover of Mariah too. So you will see. <laughs> Slay. Well, how long have you been a lamb for though? And what made you discover Mariah? Well, I have been a lamb my whole life, actually. So when I was a child, obviously it was the era of CDs. So my father had a whole bunch of CDs and he had the Mariah Carey album and the Music Box album. Um, so I knew those albums inside out, like from the age of like three years old. So the first time that she came out with music that I figured her out on my on my own, um, I was around like four. It was when Heartbreaker came out and I obviously was obsessed and I already knew who she was because I had those two albums. And, you know, the rest was history. I've literally followed every single thing she's done in her career ever since. I know everything she's done before. Her music just speaks to me in ways that not a lot of other artists' music do. Um, And the fact that she's a songwriter and you know how authentic everything comes from, it just means so much more, every word, every lyric, every melody. And there's been so many times in my life as I've grown up that songs that I maybe loved as a child took on a whole new meaning as an adult because now um, I understand what she's singing about in these instances. So she really has been with me my entire life and will most likely be with me for the rest of it as well. 
Michael's getting me really excited because um, him talking about the birth of his podcast and everything is really reminding me of like how Gareth and I started this podcast and then just the way you spoke of uh, your love of Mariah as well. It reminded me of Gareth. I know it wasn't the exact same story. No, I, I, know, I totally get what you You know mean. what I'm saying, Gareth, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you would, didn't like know Music Box inside and out like Michael. But like you knew it was there, and then of course without you. But then like him, yeah. heartbreaker was the it's, moment. Yeah, so I'm me, getting yeah. really excited and a little bit overwhelmed. So <laughs> it's a very similar story to mine. Yeah, it's, it's very nostalgic because I jumped on with, uh, well not jumped on with Music Box, but I sort of like my ears pricked up to Music Box with "Without You." It was a huge number one song over here, and I kept my ear to the ground a little bit throughout the. The, the next few years until we got to Rainbow with Heartbreaker and I was just like I can't take it anymore and I was fully invested so listening to you talk about those moments similar kind of story but not quite the same so it's very very nice to hear that somebody's been on a similar journey I'm sure a lot of us have to be honest I feel like that's something that the podcast has made me realize like there's way mm. more people out in the world who kind of are like me because growing up I was like the only one who was into all this stuff and mm. then you realize like oh damn a lot of people are you know are like us so it's, it's cool yeah. to connect and I think that's that's also a good thing, like, because we set this up during COVID. We started off as an Instagram live and then we moved over to a podcast. And I very similarly wasn't sure of who else was out there. I knew there was a few accounts that dedicated their social media presence to Mariah Carey. And I just thought, like, you know, what's this going to look like? So when we finally got going, it was just overwhelming how many people sort of filter through. And you're just like, wow, there's all these people that are really into Mariah Carey because outside of the podcast there might be one or two around me anyway that mm-hmm. kind of like her and dip in and out a bit like yeah this song's good but the rest maybe not and so it's really nice to meet people through this music. Yeah that's a really good point because when you're a Mariah Carey fan it's really hard to meet a real lamb in the wild bitch like oh it's almost gosh. like they don't exist <laughs> and you're like standing on your own defending this chica all the time so yeah I get it totally but I want to know I'm going to ask you the hard question what is your favorite Mariah album and favorite Mariah song this will define you as a lamb to <laughs> all the listeners one album you want me to give you one album yes everybody has a favorite album oh gosh um Okay, well, I I actually do know my favorite song off the bat. My favorite song is Love Takes Time. It's okay. Always, it's always been my favorite song. Um, I feel like uh, for reasons, maybe I'm a little biased because remember I said earlier, the first albums I ever learned by her were Mariah Carey and Music Box. So I was literally two, three years old. Like I was literally learning how to speak singing these songs. So Love Takes Time was one of them. And it's just been my favorite, like to this day, I, I literally... I literally listen to it every day. Like everyone in my life knows this song because I listen to it every day. So Love Takes Time is my favorite song by far. Favorite album, that's really, really, really hard because I love every single, I love almost every single album (laughs) for specific reasons, you know? So it's kind of hard to generalize, but if I have to pick one, uh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Girl, you can do it. Honestly, okay, fine. It's Mariah Carey. Okay, I'm here for okay. a debut moment, actually. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why it's Mariah Carey because I was gonna say Butterfly because Butterfly is maybe technically my favorite album just because of the actual meaning of everything. But I, I would say Mariah Carey because it was 
a part of the reason why I fell in love with music. And without that album, I don't know if I would have been a music guy. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So I feel like it's it's more important in the grand scheme of things, you know? I mean, if we're talking musically wise and like sound wise and genre wise, it's Butterfly, but personal wise, it's Mariah Carey. So I kind of cheated with the answer. Oop. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you just snuck Butterfly in there, but that's okay. I'm okay with you sneaking Butterfly in there. I mean, I can't. You know, butterfly is just really important. So I can't, like, it really is oh, my favorite, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's Nick and I's favorite album as well. So. You know what's really weird? You're from you're Canadian lamb, right? Yes, I'm born and raised in Montreal, and I currently live in Toronto. It's so we we have a friend of the podcast. His name is Cam Barbo, and he's from Toronto as well. And he's been on the podcast, and he basically said everything that you just said. So it's really weird that Canadian lambs love this debut Raya era. I think I that's really interesting. I, I just I love every honestly. Like I know she talks shit. I know, but. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I don't friggin' love Prisoner. Like it's the best song in the world. Like that's, that's rap music. That's real. Alone rap. in love. Don't forget about alone in love. Come on. Like alone, vanishing, vanishing alone in love. There's got to be a way. There's Honestly, got to be a way girl. Yeah. Like they just, every song hits so hard. And, and, and obviously vision of love is probably my oh, favorite song to ever watch her perform live. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Iconic. Legendary. The melisma. What is your favorite live performance of Vision of Love? Oh, that is such a good question. Well, you know, I think that the Apollo Theater moment probably is my favorite just because I love that moment where she has that realization on her face that they're all screaming for her and she almost misses the note. I just found that so endearing because it's just like baby Mariah. It's like she really saw in that moment, like, wow, like I, I made it, you know, so... I think that's my favorite one. Um, I also love one of the more recent ones. In 2017, early 2017, she did a performance of it on one of the late night shows. Gosh, I forget. I think I want to say- Jimmy Kimmel? Was it? I think it was Kimmel. I love that performance. Was it like right after the New Year's Eve moment? It was, it was like right after the New Year's Eve moment. It was during I Don't promo. <laughs> Absolutely. God, I don't keeps on coming up in these episodes. Right? That is crazy. <laughs> Every Christmas episode I don't has been brought up and I don't know how it gets brought up. <laughs> Let's keep it going, bitches. <laughs> but that performance of Vision of Love was fantastic and it showed that she could still kill it. So mm. that's another favorite for me. I pray she does it at the Christmas shows because I haven't seen her do it live in a very long time. And it would mean a lot to me to see it. Speaking <laughs> of, are you going to be at that Toronto show for Merry Christmas to all? I am. I'm going on December 11th. Um, she has another show here on the 9th that she had announced after. And I kind of want to go too. So we'll see what the bank account allows. But for now, we're going on the 11th. What uh, seats do you have? Um, I, so it's at the Scotiabank Arena. So I'm sitting in the 100s. Um, I would have loved to have been up close, but you know, it was just way too expensive. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going with a group of friends. I was like, let's just get the the best I could get in like the normal like non-VIP seats and we're just gonna have a good old time there's a Christmas market in Toronto that opens in the distillery district here and it's beautiful it's like this huge there's a giant Christmas tree there's all these amazing Christmas vendors so we're gonna spend the day there we're gonna go in our little Mariah outfits and Santa hats because I'm giving everyone Mariah Christmas merch <laughs> to wear to the concert <laughs> and we're just gonna have a 
great time. I've seen, you know, I went to see her at Madison Square Garden in 2019 with my parents. So that was a great experience. So I feel like the Christmas shows are more of a just like family, friends, love experience. So yeah, so I'm excited. You were so lucky to be at that Madison Square Garden show. That's when, um, that was the night before she hit number one with All I Went for Christmas, right? I'll for the first forget. time. I will never forget. Uh, so I was still in New York when like the morning of, and I flew back to Montreal. When I landed, I opened my phone and the first thing I saw was that she went to number one and I I was literally on the plane freaking the F out. I lost my marbles. <laughs> I lost my marbles. I was like, oh my God, she's number one. I made a whole thing about it. Like it was a big deal in my life that she got that 19th number one. And ever since, number one every year. I think every lamb knows where they were when that song went number one. <laughs> it's, it's a defining moment for sure. Moving on to other artists. So I... We were talking about your podcast, but leaving Mariah out of the equation, who are your top three artists? Other than Mariah Carey, my three are um, Britney Spears. I've always loved Britney Spears. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Yes, honey. Yes, I could go on and on about Janet. And um, I'm going to say Christina. Christina Aguilera. Yeah, I love her too. Those are all amazing picks. I I love love all of them. You know, but you know, these are the people that I really just like like love, love off, as they say. Yeah, I can pick an iconic album, like in my top five from almost each of those, like Janet's All For You, Christina Stripped, like those are some good picks. And I love uh, the Blackout album from Britney. Yeah, I just did, um, I actually just did an episode on that album that I just put out last week because obviously the album turned 15 this year for Blackout. And controversially, that's not my favorite Britney Spears album, which everyone on social media loves to castrate me for. But you know what? I always say that if you were around, it's kind of, I feel like it's similar to Mariah. If you were around to experience a certain time, then you feel differently about a specific album than maybe a different generation would. So, yeah. <laughs> Which one's your favorite, Brittany? Is it Oops? Is it the, um? what's the one where she's blue all over and Toxic is on it with the um, Madonna song? So you're referring to In The Zone, um, but my favorite Britney album is the album Britney, which is the album that has um, Slave For You, Overprotected, Not A Girl, Not Yet A Woman. Uh, oh, girl, that is such yeah. a good album. That's that is a good such a good too. album. Yeah, I have some cool. nostalgia attached to that album. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites. And Mariah and Britney love each other, so I always love that because those are my real two, like, fa- like my two girls are Mariah Carey and Britney, so it always makes me very happy that they like each other. <laughs> Don't you work for E and have interviewed Ashanti and Brandy? So um, I don't work for E. I work for a show in Canada called E-Talk. It's similar to Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood. It's an entertainment news show. So I'm a, um, the actual title, because it's I'm fresh out of school, actually. I'm maybe about, I, I graduated during the pandemic. So at this point, it's been two years, but I've been working there for about a year and a half. So I'm a, the title is production coordinator. I'm an assistant producer, essentially. So they send producers out all the time to do these interviews because, you know, we only have so many hosts and there's so many interviews. And, um, and yeah, as an assistant producer, you get to do some here and there. And I've gotten to do Ashanti. Brandy, I didn't actually interview. Brandy is somebody that I met on my own <laughs> uh, way before I ever uh, was working. I was still in school and I met her. I had met a bunch of fans online and Brandy connected with us. And when she came to Toronto, we hung out with her backstage. That was awesome. But uh, yeah, I do work for eTalk. So it's cool. Like they, I get to, um, you know, we have the Toronto International Film Festival in Toronto. So there was a ton of carpet. So you get to work and see how all of that works. And I feel like, you know, you're learning so much and growing so much. And 
you know, who knows? One day I definitely would love to manifest being more of a on-screen role, but I feel like I would maybe want to do that on my own terms. And I, I love just, I feel like I'm being kind of mentored right now. And, um, and I'm so loving and appreciative of that. So yeah, I'm in that realm right now. <laughs> that sounds like a dream job, actually. Yeah, listen, it's, it's amazing to be able to actually do something that interests you every day. And trust me, everything comes with its own set of challenges. But at the end of the day, like, it makes you want to work harder and want to be better when you're actually working towards something that is what you want, what you actually want. And that's very rare to be able to do. So I'm definitely very lucky for that, for sure. What does the Merry Christmas album mean to you? Ooh, well, funny enough, I'm actually Jewish. So growing up, I didn't, I never owned the album because my parents didn't want to buy it for me. I only knew All I Want for Christmas is You simply because it was All I Want for Christmas is You and everybody in the English speaking world knows that song. So growing up, I did not know the album at all. I only learned the songs on the album when I first bought the CD when I was maybe 16. So to me, I love it because I actually think it's probably the album where she gives her best vocal performances. Vocally, I think this is her strongest album because she's doing things on these songs that are absolutely incredible. So to me, it's it means just, you know, good music, great vocals. And as I've gotten older and have created my own memories, because, you know, I'm not so on the religious side and I, I do Christmas with my friends. And so now, you know, it, I associate it with good times with friends and, you know, all the shows that I've gone to, all the Christmas shows, all the amazing Mariah Christmas moments. So it just means festivity, darling. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is the epitome of a Christmas album. I think it is, it's probably my favorite Christmas album. I think it's one of the best, if not the best Christmas albums, personally. It is. It is. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely an amazing, solid body of work. Gareth, what about you? What does the Merry Christmas album mean to you? Well, I've said it before. I do think that it's it's nostalgic as a kid growing up listening to. It reminds me of, so growing up, we always had snow in the UK. And it was, it reminds me of literally every single like nostalgic thing with Christmas, even like the tacky, like different colored fluorescent like light bulbs. So we would put it on. I say we wouldn't put it on actually I'd put it on later on in life because me and my dad always like decorated the tree together and he was very like particular about doing the tree perfectly like literally like doing a few things to the tree standing back and looking at it and carrying on you know it was a proper like process so getting older we were listening to um some christmas music and stuff like his christmas music and then we ran out of stuff to play and he's like have you got any so i put on mariah carey's christmas album and he really really liked it and it became a bit of a staple then for years to come that we would always do the tree with his christmas christmas music as well but we would also incorporate mariah carey's merry christmas album amongst it so it became a huge thing for that nick what about you First of all, I want to agree with Michael 100%. To me, this album is vocally her best. It's one of the few vocal moments, if not the only vocal moments from Mariah that really hit me emotionally inside and literally make me cry. But like I said in our All I Want for Christmas is You episode, this was the first album that I ever owned. Um, it means a lot to me because it was the first album I ever owned and I got to watch this album grow into what it is today in today's American 
Christmas soundtrack. It's always my go-to Christmas album. I've listened to it for so many years in my life that it's just like stapled into like Christmas nostalgia in my brain. It's just like permanently there and it instantly gets me into the Christmas spirit. So yeah, I love this album so very much on so many different levels. But what about you, Gia? Well, one thing I can agree on with all of you is that like, there's definitely a nostalgia factor. I can, like I said, as well in the All I Want for Christmas is You episode, one of my first childhood memories is of hearing All I Want for Christmas is You on a car ride with um, my family uh, to watch the Christmas lights and all of that. And you guys saying that this is the best vocal album is not the first time I've heard it. I hear Lamb say it all the time. Uh, but one thing I wanted to also add on to it is I think it's the beginning of the super solid, layered, stacked, amazing background vocals as well. Mm. And I think that it's the first sign of where she's going to go, like hinting to Butterfly, of course. But um, yeah, I just think it is such a soulful piece and it definitely gets me in the spirit as well. And it's not even that long. Like it, it's just as soon as it's over, I'm ready for the second album, the second Christmas album. And yeah, it's phenomenal. And the artwork's gorgeous. She's stunning on the cover, but we'll get to that. She is stunning on that cover. Oh my gosh. But Gia, I think you should make the point that you usually make about the, the difference between the two Christmas albums. Your famous saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so I feel that the first Christmas album is more of like the traditional Christmas service. Yes, there's like some fun songs and like some bops scattered throughout. Vocally, Mariah takes us to church on this album. The second Christmas album is the Christmas party, honey. It's like where we went after the service. And it's um the dinner and the stuff you do with your friends, like after like you've opened up the presents, you go drive to your uncle's house. Like that's the the second Christmas album. So they have a time and a place. Both of them have their moment. But right now, today, we're going to give the first album all of its glory. So Merry Christmas was recorded between December 1993 through August 1994. Merry Christmas is the fourth studio album and her first Christmas album, released by Columbia Records on October 28, 1994, at the peak of the initial stretch of Mariah's career between Music Box and Daydream. The album features cover versions of popular Christmas songs in addition to four original songs. Carrie worked with Walter A., with whom she wrote all of the original tracks with, as well as producing Carrie's interpretations of the covered material. The album has sold 7.4 million copies in the United States as of November 2022, and has been certified eight times platinum by the RIAA. Internationally, it reached number one in Japan, Latvia, and Lithuania. It achieved top 10 in 16 additional countries, including Australia, Canada, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United States. Chart topper. On the charts uh, in the United States, the album has peaked at number three. In the United Kingdom, it has peaked at 34. And in Canada, it's peaked at number four. Do we think it'll ever go to number one, especially here in the United States? Also, Canada is getting pretty close. Do you guys ever think it'll peak at number one? I hope. I, I can't believe it hasn't, but I think Michael Bublé's Christmas album has a lock on those Billboard charts every year. But <laughs> I mean, I have hope. I mean, listen, I think it can happen. It could. You never know. You never know, especially Mariah. She is always coming through 
surprising us, gagging us. She's more than proved that you can never write off anything when it comes to her being number one. So exactly. I couldn't have put that better because Mariah is always pulling something out of her gag bag. Like who would have ever thought that all I want for Christmas would have gone number one after all those years. Mariah's always surprising me. She's always doing some crazy ass shit. I'm like, oh, ooh. Ooh, but like it is astounding, truly, honestly. I I feel like she has this in her gag bag to make it go number one. I mean, it it seems natural that it would. It's about to go diamond, possibly, right? Didn't it didn't I know the single went diamond last year, so I feel like this year or next year might be the year. We'll we'll see how those streams are, honey. She she's gotta be coming around soon. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. Maybe they're waiting for the 30th anniversary. Oh, yes. No, that's what I was saying, though. I think for the 30th anniversary, they should do something like they did with the Butterflies 25th anniversary. Put it out on every vinyl, you know, something like that. But yeah, Yeah, but she's released this album so many times. So she'll have to do a big rollout and maybe do like a vinyl of the the 25th edition. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. then just expand on it. But I can see her doing a big push to get this album to number one. You know what she could do? And this is just my mind running away with me. But if she can rack up some good Christmas shows between, well, we're coming up to the the 30th pretty soon, really. She could do the, re-release the album. She could also do another uh, vinyl with the live performance, maybe this new Christmas show, and put it out as the MC 30 Merry Christmas 30. She should do something like that. She should. Like, just like the rarities, but Merry Christmas. And all that hashtag for MC30, Merry Christmas 30, would then ignite everything else that she's done previous years with it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I don't think it's too far-fetched to think she could do something like that. We've definitely seen her do stuff. It's just, it takes time, darling. We're still waiting for the Butterfly Lounge documentary, darling. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, so many things in the works. Shall we move on to the album and the art of it all? The grandeur? Well, that silhouette, honey. (laughs) It's iconic. It's burned into people's minds as the image that they think of when they think Mariah Carey Christmas. To me, at least. When I think... When I think of Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas, not just the album, just in Christmas in general, in my head, that iconic album artwork pops up and her little Santa suit just looking. The jumpsuit is iconic. Absolutely stunning. Snatched, Snatched, honey. Skinny legend. Yes. It definitely has that 90s nostalgic Christmas vibe to it. That's what I love about it. And I love her hair in this entire photo shoot, guys. Like, I always, as a kid, like, I've always known this picture. And I always thought her hair was just so beautiful. And I was like, oh, it's so festive. And it just looks amazing. To this day, I look at her, I'm like, damn, what a beautiful woman. (laughs) I generally don't love, like, Music Box era hair. But on this cover, I accept it. It is giving me holiday vibes. Um, exactly it's festive yeah it's very festive but when she gives us that hair during like regular music box like I can't with it like I just cannot but for this I will give an allowance (laughs) I don't really acknowledge Mariah before daydream but that I'm just one of those lambs but anyway I'm so not I love the early albums like I I don't know why I really love them I love the debut and I do love emotions. Like it has really grown on me, but music box, I really can't, I can't get on board with. I love the remixes. I love the remixes, but yeah, I, I think it's box. just, <laughs> I can't with the music box. 
it's just kind of but anyway that's another episode (laughs) i mean the remixes are are her breaking out of the cocoon a little bit it's like we get some really fierce uh remixes on from music box so i i you've said it before actually gia in lots of our content where you've said she should just switch the original songs with the remixes and i think there's something in that a little bit and i feel like from just some of them just some of them I mean, yeah, I mean, Anytime You Need a Friend kind of is an anthem, the original, but like, if you, if I had to pick an, Anytime You Need a Friend, I'd be stuck, because they're all quite iconic. But we really saw who, who she was going to emerge into from there, I feel, and then we get the album Butterfly, and it's, it's very poetic. Wait, ba- okay, so back to the, uh, the art, though. We talked to Basha, her stylist at the time, Basha's a um, and she styled her for this, right, Gareth? I'm, am I mistaken? No, 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 no. She starred her for the whole photo shoot, the music, the original music the, videos. Both of the original, uh, both of the original music videos, right? Yeah, yeah. 93 yep. to 94, she worked with Mariah Carey. Absolutely. So if you want to hear more about specific details and styling moments of that era, we do have a couple of episodes. They're quite long where we talk to Mariah Carey's uh, former stylist of the Music Box Merry Christmas era but yeah i think that the artwork is iconic i the back of the album am i not mistaken is that with the entire sleigh yeah it's like the sleigh carousel moment with the reindeer and all that jazz yeah even the the little present in the snow yeah even the back is iconic i love the back album artwork as well it's even in the inlay as well like everything in the inlay i was just gonna say the inlay and the liner notes as well but all the all these photos were taken during like the the OG all I want for Christmas is you video shoot so it's a lot like you're seeing images from that video throughout the the album yeah they got everything pretty much captured on the same day so to speak if they did it all in one day but um no it's really it's really consistent it's really it's almost like a christmas card as like you open it all out and then it's kind of like a continuation of that with the wrapping paper it's very very cleverly put together i agree and i love also the i i love the regular santa suit but i also love the little skirt moment that she has going on in some of the other photos yes you know like absolutely I love how every single photo that I've ever seen from this shoot looks just so perfectly Christmas. And you know what? They weren't even doing that much, really, right? It was really just snow and one little carousel with the thing of reindeer and an outfit. Like, it wasn't like there was all these lights. You know, it was just her being gorgeous and they're so they're timeless it just goes to show that sometimes you don't have to do all the extra stuff you just have to be there and feel the energy and you could feel her festive energy in those photos and they live on forever I mean come on it's been 28 years now and they're still being plastered everywhere every Christmas you know they're they're never gonna get old they're gonna live on way past you know the time that she's here that we're here like every generation is going to know these photos and that's kind of amazing they're iconic images. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always like to think to myself, like when Mariah's at this period of Mariah's life, when Mariah is recording this album and doing these photo shoots and all of that and how simplistic they are, 
if she ever really knew what this was going to be, how it would affect the English speaking cultures around the world with this, and not even just English, how iconic and big this album would be. It's weird to think that Mariah did this album on a whim by the suggestion of Tommy Mottola, and it became her biggest cash cow ever. Yeah, I don't think she knew. I don't think she knew at all, actually. I think that, I kind of think that it happened over time, the whole, because, you know, if, if you remember, like, earlier on, like, yes, All I Want for Christmas would be played every year, but it wasn't what it is now. It happened slowly over time, and I think that she only really realized maybe, like, seven years later. You know, I really don't think that it was you know, recorded with the intention of it being what it is. I really think she was just making a Christmas album and because she was told she had to make one, you know? And thank God, you know, if Tommy Mottola did anything for us, at least he did this. You know what I mean? Like, definitely. At least he did this, you know, because I can't write him off completely because... No, and that's something we touch on in our All I Want for Christmas is You episode as well, is that she didn't want to make this. And what did he, Connie Francis, she said, I'm going to sound like Connie Francis or I'm going to be the next (laughs) Connie Francis, something like that. Darlene Love. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Messy, messy. <laughs> <laughs> we love a mess. We love a mess. So <laughs> I think this is a good time to start getting into the album. Let's do it, baby. All right. So all the tracks on this album are produced by Walter A., Mariah Carey, and Loris Holland. I think it's important that we focus on the background singers a lot during this album review because I think they're just as important as Mariah to the album because they're, to me, the background vocals on this album make it the album. I don't think I'm alone on that island, am I? No, no, no. They're definitely the sandwich filling. I think when we were discussing this prior to this episode, you made a good point and said they are the butter. They they are very necessary. They help thicken up the sound and they help give you that, even though the majority of the album is a lot of um, like Santa Claus kind of moments, there's still some festive church-esque kind of gospel moments. And I feel like they are throughout anyway, and they really do deliver it, well, they help deliver it in a way that um, encapsulates the whole nostalgic feel. Like we've all brought up uh, Phil Spector before, like, and that whole thing, yes, that's definitely there, but they bring the, ch- they, well, they help bring the church element to the album. Yes, it's, it's exactly what Gia said earlier. They are what make this album the church Christmas album. Yes, they are the um, the service. The reason this album is this Christmas service, 100%. They, they and Mariah know how to fill the space and the empty corners of the album. And Mariah wasn't like bad at that before or anything like Mariah knows where to put things where to put the notes and the background vocals and the layers in her music I just think that till this point it hadn't been as full and as lush until we got this album and these background vocals on this album are are iconic they're legendary I feel like we're gonna keep saying words like iconic and legendary over and over but they are what they are they fill that's what it lives up to yeah yeah 100 and the the talent of all these people is really well utilized in this album i know that sounds like a boring claim to make but look at what we get like it's timeless it's it's just 
The whole thing is like they fully know. support her voice, like right. the background vocals. They it's perfectly like complement like her. A warm bed of voices. Yeah. So it, they all sound so buttery and so smooth. And oh yeah, it's you hear it a lot on this album for sure. Yeah. You know that feeling on Christmas Day when you've eaten too much, like that's this album it's just i'm like so satisfied and fulfilled like with this album over christmas it's exactly the same thing well the names of the women who are the background singers throughout the whole entire album except for maybe a few songs where they have a children's choir melanie daniels kelly price sean ray price and cindy mazelle Melanie Daniels on her own, girl. You can hear her throughout the whole entire album. Oh my God, we know yeah. the Price sisters have been, um, well, her and Melanie have been with her through a couple of other albums. I know that they were all on the Music Box album. I, and believe, they give, I believe Kelly Price also sings on Daydream, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and they were in the MTV Unplugged and, of course, several live performances. And they give the iconic um, someday moment with the the bridge, the giant vocal bridge moment. But yes, I think they all have standout moments. I think my favorite personally is um, Melanie Daniels. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't know who she is, you should look her up on YouTube and just look up some live performances from her by herself because she is a church singer, honey. She's a singer. She gives vocals, girls. All of these women are amazing singers. Of course, you have to be to sing backup for Mariah. Um, but they all stand on their own. And they're all amazing. So Okay, so introducing track one from the Merry Christmas album, it's Silent Night. Now, for me, I feel like it's it's almost like an intro for the album, even though it's a false song. And people have tried to copy other artists, I mean, of like by doing Silent Night. They do it in a similar kind of way as Mariah, but they really do a shorter, more redundant version. Like, it's just nothing. nothing. I feel like it's the perfect thing for Mariah to start the album with this slow song. It really sets the mood for what Christmas is. You've, you've just decorated your tree. You just turned the lights on for the first time. You switched the lights off for the main room and you're looking at it and like, oh my god and you're feeling really festive and it's that like i said it's that slow burner this is a candle that's just been lit it's going it's like we're in christmas now you know um it's so funny that you said earlier uh, a couple sentences ago you were like you know this version's like a full song Mm -hmm. and other versions are kind of close to nothing so you know with my experience, you know, not obviously I didn't grow up with Christmas music. So a lot of these songs I actually heard for the first time, like with her, like, obviously like Mm -hmm. everyone knows Silent Night and things, but like, I had never listened to a version of Silent Night, you know, I just knew it. Yeah. Well, the version I knew my whole life was Mariah. So then when I would start to listen to other people's Christmas albums, as I, you know, got older and I started, you know, getting into Christmas music and stuff, I was like, wait, they're not all like this. <laughs> and I was yes, like, same. like every, every version I would hear, you know, I'll, I'll use Gwen Stefani's Christmas album as an example. I do love Gwen Stefani. So this is not me saying anything bad, but her version of Silent Night is like a short little thing. And I'm like, and there's like no vocal anything. It's just like kind of her mm. singing one note. And I'm like, well, that's a bit boring, isn't it? You know what I mean? I'm like, that's what I thought all versions were so um it really just goes to show how even though all these songs that i'm sure many people most people listening to the album knew their whole life she gives it a whole new meaning just in the way that she arranges her voice and adds the background vocals and does the you know the note it's just 
it's so incredibly impressive, you know, when you look at it from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, legend, icon. I, I don't know what to say. It's just like, it just screams out of me. I just, yeah, perfection. Yeah. And I love her vocals on this song. I love the backgrounds. Yeah, love it. She's she's definitely used it in a way of a Mariah Carey ballad. Like she's mm-hmm. approached it that way and it's she's used the full song. And like you just said with Gwen Stefani, Leona Lewis did one as well. And it's exactly like how you described Gwen Stefani. I mean, Leona Lewis has a little bit more of a depth to her voice, but like she can't do what Mariah can do, let's face it. And it's really, really short. Yeah, like it just it's it's just weird to me. But then I I guess most of them are like that. And that just goes to show why Mariah's album is so amazing and is so um, high quality. Yeah. And when I first heard Mariah's version, I thought, wow, because all I got in my head was what we sang at school or whatever. And when I was a kid and I thought this is nothing like what I'm used to. And I was so invested with this. It delivers literally everything that we've got up to this point from a Mariah Carey ballad. One thing I wanted to add in to the Silent Night conversation is that growing up when I uh, went to church for Christmas Eve, Silent Night would be the final song we'd play and they would turn off all the lights and then we would pass around um, a candle. The ushers would like go with like a candle and then everyone would light up the whole entire room by passing a candle to each other and then lighting one candle to another um and it would always be the final song so i think that her opening up the album on such a smooth track because it's very very chill and very very relaxing of a song you know it's silent night everybody knows silent night um it's like the amazing grace of christmas songs um oh my god yes (laughs) it literally is and then um but one thing I get when I listen to that song is that feeling of just like there's no light and then um the candles all around like I just get this feeling this this vibe that Christmas has begun and it is time you know it's time it's time <laughs> it's time <laughs> but th- this is probably one of the the biggest tracks that I get that Christmas service album on just because it is so non-secular like it is very much like what like the OG Christmas is about uh I think that it was a great song to do and I think it's a really good song to open up with because this first Christmas album could be its own little Christmas special its own little Christmas concert in itself and the sequencing of it, I think, works very well because it's not too much Christmas service and in one section and not too much Christmas party. I think it has a nice little back and forth, a little ebb and flow. So I think it's good to start it off like OG Christmas. Yeah, I want to echo exactly what you said. It's like it's a perfect opening for this album. I couldn't imagine a different first track for Merry Christmas. It's like Gia said, it it literally just, this is the song that starts the service. It's really smooth. And then it goes into All I Want for Christmas is You. And then we get Oh Holy Night. To me, those three songs are perfectly sequenced on this album. And I'm a sucker for a really good sequenced album. But yeah, I love this song. It's a perfect opening. I just feel like I should have put some Christmas lights up, especially just to talk about this, because now we've talked about Silent Night. I feel so festive. Of course, I agree. I should have, I should have put some lights up too. <laughs> I think we I think we should mention the um 
the Christmas special, how they did Silent Night and what you were talking about, Gia, how just like they just like we did. I was going to say just like they did in the Christmas special is exactly what we did in church. Girl, the moment that got me, bitch, in the Christmas special that got me crying and the tears started flowing. Because imagine 2020, the Christmas, my Christmas was canceled. I didn't get to spend it with my family at all. All I had was Mariah and Gareth and uh, the Instagram lives and the Christmas special. So when that part came and the lights went out and there was the blackout and then Silent Night came and they started passing the candles around, it really hit home because she did it at the end. She didn't do it Mm -hmm. at the beginning. In the special, it was perfectly placed for what it was and where they were going with the plot of their storyline. Wow, yeah, what a massively done. I'm starting to get emotional just thinking about it because I watched the Christmas special yesterday. But yeah, Mariah knows Christmas and she really played into it with that Christmas special and Silent Night. Yeah, her vocal delivery is perfect on that album. I don't think I could listen to anybody else's. I don't think that, like, I generally think that Silent Night is more of a boring Christmas song personally but Mariah's version is so well done that I love it and it it is one of those classics for me are you guys ready to move on to the second track always I'm ready (laughs) so (laughs) of course uh right off right after Silent Night we go into the powerhouse that is all I want for Christmas is you and of course, the iconic background vocals of this song are Melanie Daniels and I, I and Kelly Price and Sheree Price, Shanray Price. Um, it's Mariah's first original song on the album. So I think that we should let Michael speak about All I Want for Christmas is You because we just did a whole entire episode <laughs> about All I Want for Christmas is You. If you guys are listening to this. Go listen back to our previous episode, uh, two episodes ago. We broke it down. We went into it, all the lyrics and everything. And yeah, I think, Michael, we should talk about how you feel about it, especially with your perspective. I think that this is the perfect way because it's it's a secular Christmas song, right? Or it's non-secular. Wait, what is I secular is non-religious. Yeah, that's what I decided. So secular would mean like it's mainstream, not religious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no. uh, All I want for Christmas, where do I start? I mean, I've known the song my entire life, obviously. Um, It was a song that would play every Christmas on the radio and things like that. So I always knew it. And I would always sing it. And when I was very young, my parents were on the more, we weren't like religious, religious, but like they were trying to steer me on that path. And that was not going to happen. So, I mean... I just loved the song because I thought it was a great song. Like to me, I I didn't think about like anything about like religion or anything like that. I was a child, right? It was just a great song. And so I've always loved it. And, you know, I just, I I guess I'll start off by talking, A, her vocals just sound so amazing on the album. Obviously the backgrounds are the song in my opinion. Like, yes, all the ladies, but even her background, just every background vocal in the song. Like when I sing the song, I literally just sing the backgrounds the whole time. Same. Well, how can you not? How can you not, right? It's so catchy and so instrumental to the song. Like I, I don't think people realize it. If you take those background vocals out of the song, it is not the same song. And Mm -hmm. it's what makes it so amazing. So for that reason, also, I love the song. But 
Yeah, like it does remind me of being a child, honestly, because I would always, so when I was a kid, I did love Christmas music. I just like, you know, how would I get my Christmas music if my parents didn't want, didn't, I was young, right? So they didn't want me to buy Christmas CDs. So I would always like download on like, what was it? LimeWire <laughs> or whatever. <gasps> when I, was young. I remember LimeWire, honey. Yes, yeah, well, I do. I, listen, I was always somebody who bought CDs, but because and I, I was like very like as a young child I was like I need to buy the CD I need to support my favorite artist as a young kid but they didn't want me to buy Christmas albums so I had to download the Christmas songs so I knew a few of them and all I want obviously was one of them I would sing it all around the house like purposely to piss off my parents <laughs> but what's so funny is that now as we've gotten older my parents went with me to the Christmas concert like it's just so funny how you know music can just make you forget all the things that you know you're predisposed to if it's good music you just enjoy it and you love it and you know I think that that's the reason why all I want for Christmas is you is the the song that it is because it is simply put that good it is that good and I think that what a testament to Mariah as an artist for, I'll never forget this, a couple of years ago when I was still serving, I used to be a server at a cheesecake factory back when I was in school and, you know, Christmas music would always play. And so all I want for Christmas, every version under the sun was played, right? So I'll never forget, like one time Mariah's version came on and I was walking past the server and she was like to me, she's like, you know, Mariah didn't actually write, it's not actually her song, right? And I look at her, I'm like, excuse me? I was like, and then I started going off and off. I'm like, actually, she wrote this song in the fall of 1993. And she's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, that's right. And it shows me that so many people still don't <laughs> yeah. know that this was Mariah's song. And so we, that's why we need all these promo moments. We need this every Christmas mm. because the world needs to know that the queen is Mariah and she wrote this. So yeah, that's what I, I was saying. You I better have, tell that bitch. I would have demanded a discount. No, well, she was my coworker. She was my oh. coworker. It was, it was while I was working. So I definitely shot her dirty looks the whole evening though. Oh. My coworkers what? have done that same shit and I've had to be like, um, honey, yeah. she wrote this bitch in 15 minutes. I don't know what you're talking about. If yeah. you're a lamb, you you did what every lamb does when they grow up mm -hmm. and you have to school people on Mariah Carey on a regular basis. Yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah, no, just to conclude my thoughts on this song, to this day, I still listen to it like I first heard it when I was a kid. And same. There's literally been years that it's been in my top 10 Apple Music played. And I'm like, how did this happen? I'm like, it was one month. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody get this? Like, I, I, I get it. I don't know about you guys, but like, I get this thing like over Christmas as I listen to this song over and over and over and over again. As it's playing, I'm really involved, really. It, I'm absorbed into the song and all of the like nostalgic moments it's like it's dare i say it but it's almost like i'm having like a christmas seizure when i'm listening to this song yet when the song is finished i always feel like it's almost as if like i haven't enjoyed the song enough and i have to go back and listen to it again yep, yep. It's such yeah a i weird... do the same thing oh thank like, god if, <laughs> if, if, That's if how it i got the top 10 most played in a month man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> If I watch the All I Want for Christmas Is You video, I will watch all three of them in a row, and then I'll go back to the new one, which is a good question for you, Michael. Out of the six All I Want for Christmas Is You videos, which one is your favorite? Um, honestly, <laughs> I, ooh, 
You know, if it wasn't for Tommy Mottola being Santa Claus, I would say the original, but because that's I always, creepy, right? Because I know it's him and it's it's just I can't enjoy it. It's because, weird, bitch. Because if I didn't know that, I would say that one. But because I know that, it just it's not the same experience when I watch it and I just get creep vibes. So I like the um the Joseph Kahn Make My Wish Come True 2019 edition. Cute. Yes, bitch, me too. And I feel yeah, the exact same way. You you always know that's Tommy Matola, and it's just yeah. and it, it ruins it. It ru- and it's too bad because I actually do think it's actually really well done. I think it gets it encapsulates the message of the song, the vibe, the aura of the song. But again, creepy Tommy Matola with young Mariah. No, I don't want to see it. I mean, for me, we've we've made comments before on this podcast. Sometimes I can be on occasion a delusional lamb and I think that like (laughs) when uh, whenever she's said I think she says it in the album notes or something like around the time I can't remember whatever's been like alluded to or revealed that he is the Santa Claus like I've been able to sort of block out my mind Mm -hmm. because I just I just don't really I just see it for all of its spectacularity of Christmas and I just I'm able to block it out a little bit and I, I I'm quite ignorant in that sense, so I'm all I'm okay with that video. So I would have to say that I I think that because it's the original, it probably is my favorite. It's when it gets brought up that it's Tommy. I'm well, I mean, like, oh. the video does what it needs to do. Otherwise, like it's definitely giving what it needs to give. Like she ate and left no crumbs with that video, but like it is just like a backstage filmed moment pretty much. And then like, once you know the gag, like that mm. he's Santa, it really is like, it's giving me what the, um what that song from Emancipation gives me stalker vibes. Like what's that one song to the floor? Yeah, no, it gives me yeah. stalker vibes. Well, I think for me, I'm quite grateful that they're, and no outtakes of him in that suit. I mean, I haven't seen them if there are, and I know all these lambs out there with social media accounts, they're all finding these outtakes from stuff, there's stuff from like, that have been on, online for forever. Me, personally, I've never seen an outtake of him in that suit, and I'm very grateful, and that makes me able to separate Tommy Matola and the whole creepy aspect from this video. Well, I actually want to know from you guys, um, what's your favorite? Because there's been so many performances of this song and so many different variations. Are there any that stand out to you guys? Aside, and I'll include to the question, sorry, positively and negatively, just out of curiosity. Well, we love the St. John the Divine performance. We Uh, think she's gorgeous, dripping in diamonds in that performance. I think we also, I love personally um, 2003 or 4 Disney World. mm -hmm. Okay, uh, yo, that's the one I was thinking of. Isn't that gorgeous? Like when she comes out of the giant present and then she changes up the vocal with the, what more can I do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I love that. I I love charm break post, pre and post uh, charm bracelet era like basically pre-mimi in charm bracelet after that whole vocal era i love the way her voice sounded at that time mm-hmm. yes her voice was killing and i'm pretty sure that that was like fully live like that was like it was well, mostly anyway yeah, like it, it was a really live performance i think i think the whole thing is live uh, most of it i don't know but she definitely like <laughs> she killed, I mean, no i don't know i just 
You can usually tell when 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 our girl is lip syncing. Yeah. She doesn't I know. I mean, I her. can tell. I can usually tell. <laughs> she doesn't know how to lip sync. It's so funny. And I because obviously the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, everyone has yeah, to. Yes, I wanted to talk about that too. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah, about so it. Yeah, so obviously, so people don't know this, but everybody has to lip sync at that event simply because of the nature of the performance, because you're on some people are on moving cars, some people there's all these floats, there's all these people, you do can't hear shit. It's literally a known thing. Every like to anyone who's was talking shit about it watch any macy's thanksgiving day parade performance and tell me that that artist wasn't lip-syncing it's a requirement so that's that but the funny oh. thing with mariah is and she always does this i always know when she's lip-syncing because she doesn't know how to do it I, like it's so funny it's like girl it's like you can tell like eat, like who's a great lip-syncer um beyonce, beyonce. oh yes. my god yes. oh wow <laughs> we both said that at the same time bitch come on michael yeah well beyonce is an amazing lip-syncer because she'll ink like i'll never forget that national anthem when she took out that earpiece and she made sure to make you believe that she was singing like it's like I think Mariah is just she's too much of a singer not to say Beyonce's not this is not anything towards Beyonce I love Beyonce but Mariah is just so much of a singer that when she has to fake it for like the European TV shows and all that stuff you know all she does is pose and it's like girl you can't do that you still have to move your lips honey I, I actually, I, I'm a do. delusional land because I never know when Raya's lip syncing, but I don't watch a lot of live performances. But, but Nick, Gia Nick, will make sure that she points it out to me every fucking time that Mariah <laughs> lip syncs and ruins my fantasy. Nick, I feel the more you watch, the more you will realize. It's so, so obvious. It's, it's so, so obvious. Her Grammy performance is half lip synced, just by the way. Just it is. The- and I told him that and he doesn't even want to believe It's half lip synced. She Yes, I know. That we belong together live. Uh, fly- and and this yes. doesn't make me love it less, but fly like a bird is not live. Just I'm sorry. No, it's it's half. It's ha- like in and out, in and out. In and out. I <laughs> saw I saw Mariah sing fly like a bird live. So well, you Most know what she it. does. So like, <laughs> like certain, she'll have like certain notes in there, and it times out, so it's half and half and half, and it's done very cleverly. And you know it's what? Cute. Like, it's that's cute. how you save your vocal cords because if you do that every mm-hmm. night, that's how you lose your voice. So she's actually protecting herself when she yeah. does things like that. No, and the but- gag is there because that performance, like when I was a new baby lamb, oh, I had no idea, girl. I was like, yes, you better sing, Mariah. Come on, girl. Yes. Like, and at the end on, of the Grammys. day, she has, she has nothing to prove. You know what I mean? So it's like, do whatever. We know you can sing a, a queen, so it's fine. I feel like she could have stood on that truck. It was it a truck or whatever it was that stage, and she could have just stood there and waved, and it would still be a moment. Uh, of course. All she has to do is exist, man. Like, that's it. <laughs> I think it was yeah, on brand for her. Care. Yeah, I didn't even care that she lip synced that performance. Like yeah, in a I didn't previous either. episode recently, I was like, "Girl, I want you to lip sync. Like, don't strain your voice. Like, it's early and in the morning, bitch. Like, I'm not even trying to." One of is my anybody even is watching here. this? Like, I one of my idols is Britney. I obviously don't care about lip sync. <laughs> exactly. Well, I thought she sounded great considering, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was so obvious. But I just thought, oh dear, Mariah, come on. But then I, I don't know the ins and outs of this parade because obviously in, the, in England we don't have Thanksgiving. I did watch it and I liked it. It's cute. I I would have preferred some kind of like roof moment as opposed to her holding an umbrella because I thought, well, your dress is just going to get wet. (laughs) 
I loved the umbrella. I thought it was just so effortlessly Mariah. Fabulous. She could have had one of she could have had one of those golfing umbrellas at least. It was really tiny. I just didn't like the color of everything. <laughs> I thought it could have all been a different color. But that's Bitch, just you are way too picky. It's like I said. No, I'm not. I, well, I literally just said, like, I don't even care that she lip sync. Another lamb would have been like dragging her for that. Come on. But that's because they don't have. And, and that was like not even, that was the straight up album version. You guys don't even like it. <laughs> like, like she could have, I, I'll tell you what I did think. I was like, okay, girl, you could have at least lip synced to the super festive version. Yes. Like, come on, come on, girl. The straight up album version. Like, <laughs> it kills you when people do that. Even Britney used to do that at her tour. Like she would literally be lip syncing to the 1998 one more time. I'm like, girl, come on. Come on. <laughs> Like, I, I like what Janet does. Janet Jackson, she goes into the studio, re-records the vocals, and lip-syncs to that. That's great. Do that. I mean, I feel like Mariah Carey has lip-synced to a live studio vocal moment. Oh, you know she totally I mean? has. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> you listen, you're like, I'm sure this was the Adventures of Mimi tour. Like, <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> but I like that. At least there's an attempt. And even when she dips in and out, at least she is arriving in some way, in some capacity. And bitch, she's lip syncing to her own voice anyway. You know, it's not like she's not singing. She's a singer, bitch. Mariah can sing. You said it earlier, Michael. She does not have to prove anything. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll transition into Nick, holiness. Nick, Nick, did you tell us what your favorite live performance was? Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael, I'm not really a big live lamb. I don't like live performances. Okay, I feel like I have to explain this all the time. I don't really like to watch live performances on, I, I, unless I'm there. I, I feel like it's really boring to watch them on TV. I, I don't know. That's just me. That's just how I am. And I'm probably a shitty lamb for saying that. I just, I really don't care about her live performances. But my favorite one is the Divas Live Holiday special one interesting choice but hey i'll give it to you <laughs> i i actually find myself falling into youtube holes like just watching a different live performance of one song over and over and over and over again <laughs> but tell me okay so ruin my fantasy was that lip sync the diva's of life of course of course girl, it was. It was during please. the Stella era. Girl, are you kidding? <laughs> the whole thing. The whole entire thing. I believe it was live. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's sweet. It's, it's Fuck adorable. all of you. Fuck <laughs> all of you. This is why I don't talk about live performances, because you bitches always ruin it for me. <laughs> 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 oh my god well on that note it's like we said before if you want to hear us talk about all i want for christmas for you for about two hours we have a whole ass episode it's the all i want for christmas is you break break down so moving on to track number three, Oh holy night bitch yeah she did that this is okay I, before okay i want to before you guys say anything it's like Michael said earlier, we all have these favorite things and we think that we're alone in it, but other people have them as well. I think this is one of those things. And I think that y'all can agree with me that this is, at least to me, this is Mariah's best Christmas song. It's yep. her best vocal performance to me 
yep. ever. It is she, such she, a fucking sleigh. She yep. stole this song from the hymnal, honey, and she yep. made it her own, bitch. And no, and everybody else tries to copy this version. Everybody, this is the standard of how to sing "Oh Holy Night." And yep. and just like Michael was saying, with listening to other artists' Christmas albums later, you're not gonna get what you need from another artist like they're not going to deliver what mariah delivers from this like on this song this is her track now it belongs to her um i've said in the past that i don't live for mariah covers but the christmas album is another exception where the songs that she covers on this album they belong to her after she recorded them and this is a prime example of that you know what really gets me is that this isn't like more popular like a good amount of people know about this but i feel like this version of oh holy night should be like played all the time like i never hear it on the radio during christmas time you'll hear it on some kind of like streaming playlists but i just it, it boggles my brain that it's not more popular i think the power of her other christmas songs are just so strong that they kind of overpower to be honest in terms of the general public's um consideration however just a testament to what you guys are saying. Yes, best vocal performance on the album, but also best vocal performance of hers, honestly, ever. I think she sounds, there's no words she, to describe how amazing she sounds on this on this song. And uh, like you have a, like she literally has a Jewish boy saying, Oh, Holy Night is like his favorite song. You know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. It's like such a religious song, but like, it doesn't matter because she just sings it so beautifully and it's there's so much warmth to it and so much comfort. And hearing it live at the Christmas shows is just a whole other experience. You know, it's, it really is a whole other experience. Mm. And I, I don't have enough great things to say about this version. I love the little video moment that we got in 2000, was it 2001 or 2002? Mm -hmm. It was, it was 2001, one of, yeah. 2001, yeah. And I, I love that. It, that video reminds me of 2019 Christmas pop-up shop of hers because it was playing on all the screens when I walked in. And I'm like, oh, it just felt like a Mariah Land. And I love it. And that version is my favorite because it has the little added whistle notes. Oh, yes, my God. I mean, oh, my God, yes. I, I Listen, I'm a sucker for a Mariah whistle. I, it's why I fell in love with her in the first place when I was a little, 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 little gay. Uh, you know, I... um. I just love it. I love it so much. And I, it does not get old. I listen to this version of A Holy Night probably just as much as I listen to All I Want for Christmas is You when we're like in the deep holiday season. Because again, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. And I love it. What is y'all's favorite part of the song? Because they're like... I have mine. Mm -hmm. It's easy. I hear. I want to hear it. I think that we're second probably all going to be knees, the same. Honey? Yes. It's, it's, that it's second not. fall on your knees, honey? It's that deep... I, I can't do it, but it's it's that for me. It's that last divine right before when she the, goes. Oh, when she's when she's like divine, divine. The whistle, she goes man. up real high. The, yeah. the, oh, the, the whistle is cute. Whistle yeah, divine. I love the whistle. Yeah, yeah the, the whole song is great, but that second fall on your knees, honey. Oh my and god, the way she fall like the uh, uh, like oh my god, I yes, love it. bitch. Oh my god. And when you're watching the video, when she does that fall on your knees part, she like rips her hands back oh i yes. love it so much it's yes such, that's my part i can't say enough good things about this song like i said earlier this is one of the few 
maybe out of four Mariah songs that can really get me emotional and cry. And it's a Christmas song about Jesus. It's really, really strange that her her vocals can really get me that emotional. And it's, it's a very amazing, rare moment of her vocal recordings that are there forever. And it's just so good. The power of music, it can move you like to and bring you to places emotionally that you never thought you could go. And her voice is instrumental in doing that. And this, if you want to ex- have that experience, uh, listeners, like this is one of the songs that you need to be listening to to, to feel that because she'll mm-hmm. take you there. Yeah, this is one of those top three songs that you need to listen to from Mariah Carey, even if it is a Christmas song. Because it's the vocals. Those vocals, they're, un- they're untouchable. I'm sure the Unmatched. listeners are like, yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. <laughs> they better be oh my god what if there's there's probably a lamb out there's like i don't like this one girl you're crazy you're crazy this is the this is like this is one of the songs like this whole album is full of one of those songs you know but mm-hmm. this is probably like the biggest vocal moment of the album honestly what do I you guys all feel about the um the the version with miss patricia carey i don't know her Wait, what? No, no, that she didn't sing with Pat. That was um. Oh, that was with Pat. That was that was yes. No, no, I got I got the mixed up. I got the mixed up. I got the mixed up. That was that one song. Oh, come are you faithful? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, the to me that those sound they like the because I did not grow up Christian. They're very churchy, both of them. They like all merge into one for me. (laughs) Yeah, they're very church house. What I feel O Come All Ye Faithful is missing is it should have been Mariah at center stage singing the song. Yes, Patricia could have come in where she came in and then we could have had Mariah for the massive crescendo, exactly how it is. But then there should have been an extra moment where a choir came in and then Mariah gets a high note in, a bit of belting and Patricia just re-sings her little bit over the choir, but with Mariah on the very top, like literally silence Patricia a little bit. Make Mariah center stage with the choir. It's all led. Great, perfect moment. That's the only thing that's missing for me, and that's pretty much it, really. It's 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 okay. It's cute, but it's throwaway. Agreed. What did y'all think about the video that was released? Because she released it. I think she released it in two thousand and one. For oh, Holy again, Night. It, yeah, but it, again, it only has 97 million views, which is a lot, I, but it's it's been out for so, so many years. Again, like not a lot of people know this song. I really don't understand it because for me personally, I don't know about everybody else, but like I didn't really know Oh Holy Night before I heard Mariah's. Like I'd heard Destiny's Child's before I heard Mariah's actually. And I thought, what is this? And then when I heard Mariah, I heard it on TV a couple of times around the same time. And all of a sudden, like, Oh Holy Night was a thing. And I thought, what? where's this song coming from? It's so boring. And then I heard Mariah's recording first. And then this um, happened. And I was just like, okay, I love this song. Christina has a really good Oh Holy Night, too. Yeah, she does. I love I love that Christmas album too. My kind of Christmas. It's a it's yeah, good. I love it so much. Her version of Oh Holy Night is is amazing. I think Oh Holy Night needs to be a song that's sung by singers, in the words of Whitney Houston, people who can sing. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't even know if Whitney Houston has it. Oh Holy Night. I have a Christmas album, but it just shows how much I listen to it. <laughs> her no, oh. her song is Do You Hear What I Hear. Oh that's my god, that's yeah. good. That's good. Shame that hers could have been bigger, but whatever. But like. Um, Leona Lewis does a Oh Holy Night as well and I feel like it's 
trying too hard to copy what Mariah's does. And it's just like, no, darling, like you're a good singer, but you can't do that. No, I feel like a lot of artists try to copy Mariah's Oh Holy Night. There's just something that she tapped into with that song that she hit the perfect chord, bitch. And yeah. it is it is her version is the standard now. It is just unmatched, is unbeatable. She is the queen of Christmas for a reason. I feel like what you just said, Jay, to be fair, is summed up in a lot of Mariah Carey's songs. Like, We Belong Together, like, and they were saying, oh, it's that got that late night radio feel. Like, nobody else can do that. Maybe Mary J. Blige would be without you. And there's so many other songs, like, that nobody else could do, even just harmonizing. I'm not talking about belting and whistling. I'm talking about just your normal kind of singing. There is nobody else that can hit the nail on the head the same way that she does when she constructs a song and i feel like you've just again hit the nail on the head with what you've just said and like and i feel like that's mariah's whole entire career but the general public (laughs) huh i was gonna say literally her whole entire career yeah and like yet there's people that gravitate towards taylor swift and there's people that gravitate towards this person that person and and yes the music's nice it's nice but it's just like you know if you like that why why is there such a huge amount of people not paying attention to mariah like where's that getting lost and it, it, it it baffles me well track four we have got one of her most iconic Christmas tracks, in my opinion, Christmas, Baby Please Come Home, Darlene Love Who. <laughs> um, this is another big one for, you know, the background vocalists. And we really, they take center stage on the song, you know, they pretty much sing the chorus, Christmas, and the, the chorus is really just one word, right? Um, they, they carry the song amazingly. And, you know, Mariah sounds so great with all of them. Um, I, I mean, to be very honest, guys, I've never even heard Darlene Love's version of this song. I learned this oh. song. Well, no, I'm being honest. Again, keep in mind that I'm coming from the perspective of someone who... No, but we know it. that the streaming numbers are lower, bitch, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never heard the only other version of this song that I know is honestly honestly Michael Bublé Michael Bublé but well yes Michael Bublé but Leighton Meester I know her version for some reason don't ask me why but I you know this is Mariah Carey's song like this is this is her song it surpassed Darlene in streams if that means anything again I've never heard of Darlene Love until she brought up Mariah's name this year I had never I had never like I had never heard of her in my life. So you know, she's definitely not the queen of anything. She's the queen of anything. It's, it's maybe uh, of herself, I guess. Let her be the queen of herself. I'll give her that. Good but, for her. <laughs> good for her. You know what I mean? Like good for her. Like good for yeah. you. you. You did a version of a song that a few people know and you think that you deserve something that you're never gonna mm-hmm. have. That's fine. Don't worry. It, it doesn't mean anything to Mariah. Mariah's just laughing. She's like, okay, bye. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel like, yeah, maybe she she deserved it for a time. But like... She, Did she? It, uh, I mean, the song was played like a few... I, I remember growing up hearing it, not knowing who she was. I didn't know who Darlene Love was until Mariah really exploded with this like and i'm talking like past 1994 because i uh, i'd only heard a couple of songs from the album growing up and then when i really bought the album i because i like to look who writes songs with mariah i like to look who's producing who's on backing vocals i like to look who she's collaborating with that isn't listed and 
if there's samples, I want to go listen to the original song that the sample came from. I'd really like to delve into what she's doing and where it's coming from. So um, the Christmas album is obviously full of that. And so I did go find out, this is probably like 2003, I really researched who Darlene Love was. And I thought, okay, I would not have known the original singer of this song, even though I'd heard the original but I wouldn't have known had it not been for Mariah. So I feel like back then, no offense to anybody who's over the age of like 40 or 50, but like back then existence was pretty basic, you know, like great, Darnie Love, this is a good song. She could have had that as the Queen of Christmas, yeah, but like 1994 onwards, come on, like there's no arguing, there's nobody else. No, she would have not been the Queen of Christmas girl because even Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is like bigger. I was gonna say Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is the song that I, like I know that song, like I Oh, yeah, it's the Home Alone, right? It's from anything, bitch. It's the whole holiday. Like, before Mariah's song, like, Mariah's Christmas album, like, it's like Bing Crosby, White Christmas, and Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Jingle Bells. Jingle Bell Rock. That's another Brenda Lee song. Jingle Bell Rock. To be fair, yeah, Brenda Lee deserved it more than... Okay, okay. Yeah, like, Darlene was never in line for the crown, bitch. Like She never was. See, I... I it fell into the category of I knew Darlene Love's version, but I didn't know the name of the artist. Kind of like with Brenda Lee, I didn't know the name of these people. Like these are just uh, nostalgic old Christmas carols that I grew up hearing. I didn't know their names, but I knew her song. I mean, I like her version. It gives me that like nostalgic vibe with that old like vinyl. Mm-hmm. shitty it's recording cute. quality yeah, like sound. It's a scratchy it's, kind of it, moment yeah it's it's, it's very very nostalgic i like it it's whatever to me but like it's like y'all said i didn't know who the fuck she was until she was bitching about mariah trying to be queen of christmas but but we, we do all have know to be now. grateful for the song and phil specter and everything because all i want for christmas is you taps into the heart of what made this song a good and she took that and rebranded it and turned it into something better. But without this song and the Phil Spector album, we don't have that. So I yeah. think that that's a good... Um, I think that it is a great song on the album. Mariah's version is better. Her version's yeah. the best version. It's the best version, 100%. It's the better you version. Know what's really, you know what's really interesting about the song is that she never really commercially released it, but it became so big on its own. And you never see Mariah out there really promoting this song. Yeah, maybe on her special a little bit. Just, to la- not- just last year, yeah. It just grew on its own, which was really interesting. Well, she did perform it at her Christmas concerts as well, but I think that was because it was already grown. I remember hearing this song on my little 100.3 Christmas station back when I was younger as well. I would hear both versions. I don't know. It's not my favorite one on the album. It's cute or whatever, but... I like I it. It's just... I, I like the song. I've I've known this one for a long time. This one was one of the ones that I knew when I was a child, and I always liked it. And I I think it's just a fun moment. It's nothing like insanely special, but it's a fun moment. And it's again like I think the song itself just isn't like one of those songs that's like gonna blow you away, right? It's literally just for fun. And I think that's why people like it so much because on Christmas you want to hear fun stuff. You don't always want it to be so serious. And I think her version should be the version that's most streamed. Her version of every of one of these Christmas songs should be the most streamed. But I'll take it being "Baby, Please Come Home." <laughs> yeah, I yeah, remember. I like this song. I like this song too. I remember once I arrived at work at Christmas and I knew 
that we got a Christmas playlist done. And I was just like, okay, so have we, have we got a Christmas playlist? And somebody was like, the person was telling me, like they literally grabbed me and took me to one side because they probably thought I was going to have a stroke or something. But they were like, we've got Mariah, but it's not all I want for Christmas this year. And I was like, what is it? And they were like, it's Baby Please Come Home, which it sounds kind of like all I want for Christmas this year. I was like, I'll take it. And <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I like it. It's kind of like the second all I want for Christmas is you of the album. The sound of it is what Mariah used as inspiration to kind of build off of it and make all I want for Christmas. So it doesn't surprise me that it does sound a little like it. I feel like the second all I want for Christmas is on the album is Santa Claus is coming to town, but we'll get there. No, it's just about oh, I love to say that. that. Yeah. I do love that. Yeah. I feel like she's taken Baby Please Come Home and Santa Claus is coming to town and not consciously, but subconsciously. And then she's regurgitated every memory probably based on listening to these two songs to help create all i want for christmas is you so i feel like they've all that they deserve their part on the album and therefore we are thankful to those songs and to the people that originally did them whatever but we've got you know the the baby of those two songs in a way i'm not mad at it (laughs) okay so shall we move on to the next song a big one too in my opinion oh my god yes i have some opinions on this song though are they negative are they good opinions bitch we're gonna have to see well there's not much there's not much live stuff to talk about so they might be (laughs) but um yes this next song (laughs) is a good (laughs) (laughs) it's all all love it's all love i love you nick (laughs) but like (laughs) but the next song a good one, a real fan favorite. <laughs> Miss you most at Christmas time. Oh, uh, girl, such yes. a good one. Yeah, so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. You go first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My well, I just don't think we can go into this without why she never performed it. Like, uh, where, where's the literally criminal. criminal? Like, it's it's such an underrated Mariah song. It should be played more. This is more of a legendary Christmas song because it's not iconic because we don't have anything from her, uh, like of it, like <laughs> nothing in a special, um, no, no oh, moments yeah. with it. But uh, the vocal delivery, it, this is she wrote this one. This was the the second one she wrote for it, or the third, or I think I'm it's, not in terms of the sequencing, it's the second. I don't know in terms of actuality of timing, but yeah, okay. Um, but it's the second song she wrote in the sequencing of the album like you just said and to me it doesn't sound like a normal christmas song like it doesn't sound christmasy besides the fact that she's singing i miss you most at christmas time but it does get me in the christmas spirit and it does i do play it around the christmas time but i'll listen to this anytime and i think it's because she mentions like through the summer days, so um, all the leaves are gone. I get by without you till the snow begins to fall. Things of that nature. She mentions things that aren't generally Christmas time, but th- I think that's because of the nature of the l- lyrics. But this <sighs> song is so good, and uh, you can't. That final chorus is just so. Oh God, after that bridge, it's like her voice. Sorry, her voice after that bridge goes into another realm it's and you know what i i can maybe understand why it's not as popular with the public because you know let's be honest it's a sad christmas song right who wants to listen to sad music at christmas but guess what not everyone's always 
having the best Christmas. Sometimes That's true. People, sometimes people are really lonely at Christmas and, you know, it makes you feel not alone. And through the holiday season, you know, there's been many holiday seasons that I have spent where I wasn't in the best space, you know, and for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, this song was, <laughs> there was one Christmas season in particular that I literally remember, like, only listening to the sad Christmas songs. And I was like, thank mm-hmm. God. You know, like, we need we need them. And it balances it out. And I think it's so beautifully written, so beautifully sung. Sonically, it sounds so amazing and so just, like, again, her vocals are, like, warmth. They're, like, butter. It's so beautiful. And criminal that we've never once got, even gotten a live moment and even the video does nothing for me because it really is just right. like a recycle of all I want for Christmas footage so it would have been it, it would be nice if at some point we get something she's been hinting in interviews recently that she's going to be doing Christmas songs that she's never sung before I know y'all we're are going to get it this year y'all are going to get it I hope so bitch but I don't know I would I would love I would love to get this so so we'll see we'll see I, I think oh. we're going to get Sleigh Ride but I don't know about this because she had mentioned Sleigh Ride in an interview. Um, but she also mentioned she would do a few Christmas songs that she has never done. So, Oh, wait. To me, this song reminds me so much of her earlier work on previous albums. I don't know why it's not as successful. Like, vocally, like, this song just gives me, like, debut music box and emotions. Like, it gives me... It, she really showcases her range and her ability on this song. And it's just so... It's it's just criminal that it has not gone anywhere. Structure-wise, it kind of reminds me of All I've Ever Wanted. All I've Ever Wanted. Wow. And that's exactly, okay, so I'm sorry, y'all, but, and I know other lambs out there will agree with me. Probably not a lot, but I've never understood why this was a lamb favorite. I've never loved this song. It's so super boring to me. Not everyone everyone can have taste, right? So it's okay. Oh, (laughs) Oh. Ah! <laughs> no, it's literally it's literally a christmas music box song Nick, i like, love it's music just, box so be careful tread lightly I, tread, light, tread lightly bitch i just want to no. personally say that i i do kind of agree with nick and also the slay and the rest of the Lamley because I've all, I I get it I totally get it what Nick said you guys are both a mess for this no 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 no, no, no. I to, I I, to, I totally get what the Lamley is saying because I feel like it's a a, a FIFO moment like a fear of missing out like so I feel like it's definitely that like we've never heard it it's never been shown anything it is a vocal powerhouse moment like you've just said Michael um uh, all I've ever wanted or what what that song is called like I love that song too but I can never remember the bloody title it's such a good song and i feel like this is that staple on the album however because no one's heard her sing it live like fully from start to finish i do feel like it's a missed opportunity and we're all a bit hungry for it but at the same time it's like are we we're gonna be okay without that you know what i mean but what well, do you guys why do you guys think that no she i, I don't do... know what you mean at all actually no, like, I, I don't remember i really don't i don't get it no yeah i don't get that at all like to me this song is like boring it's as better fuck. that i you know i'm not the biggest fan of music box either but like it's better than a music box song like this it song is, is 
yeah bitch this song is a really really good song like and no i'm not i don't think i'm gonna be okay if she doesn't perform it ever honey no, and i i completely get where you're coming from i totally do this is why i'm a bit 50 50 but it's just like so it's not like it's a huge moment that's like it's it's neither here nor there it's and great... you know that there's good songs on music box too like yes. we're not gonna get into the whole music I'm not, box I'm thing not gonna today, get, bitch, i'm not gonna get into music box but there's some <laughs> there are songs on you all... know you like songs on music box bitch there's, like... yeah there's some songs but it's like across every album like mishy most is still there with the rest of the songs that people would like to hear from every single album that we've never heard live but it's a great song i think it's perfectly placed on the album like uh, michael said not long ago it's perfectly balanced we get a lot of up tempo there's some like down moments and i feel like when you're decorating or cooking dinner or whatever it is that you're doing over christmas like it's nice to have those dips and waves you know like you've got to have the mood like changed and balanced out it can't just be like happy 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 we're all happy because if you're depressed you're like well i'm not happy but at the same time if you're depressed you don't want to hear depressing stuff so a nice balance of music is also great so i totally get where everybody's coming from but at the same time it's not like it's a huge moment to be heard live i think well you're wrong there but um <clears throat> I, think I agree that, honey you're I not think that we have to also realize that mariah has a 32 year discography and when you have a career that spans that long you have fans from every single generation i have a friend who's in his early 40s so he was he's been around with mariah since the get-go right his favorite mariah songs are all i've ever wanted and miss you most like he loves that you know there's there's different eras for different people and different types of fans. So I think that, you know, when you have that long of a career, you're, there's no way that there, that every single, that you're going to love every single thing. Do you know what I mean? There's just so much. Totally, yeah. So I think that a lot of fans love that era of Mariah's career and they love the sound of those songs. And there's some that don't. And that's just how it is with every artist, I think. However, um, on a personal level, how you cannot like this song is beyond me. Continue. No, I like it. I think Nick likes it as well. But like, there is that element. No, too. I don't like it at all. No, he doesn't <laughs> like it at all. Uh, I, this is this is my skit. Like, I will go. <gasps> what? Oh my god! god. Okay, okay, I'm I'm thrown now. I'm so thrown. <laughs> I I skip right the joy to the world. I've not been this confused since I was a teenager, Nick. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know. Like, okay, okay, that's fine. Listen, again, I said this when you first said it. Not, not everyone can have taste, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move, oh. girl. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't know. There's just, I, I've never understood why it resonated with people. I'm not saying that she's singing badly or anything. It's just so boring to me. And I, I can't like, and I thought throughout the years that it would grow on me and it just hasn't. There's other songs that I used to not like on this album that have grown on me that I like now, but I cannot connect with this song in any kind of way. But I want to know why you guys think that she hasn't done anything with the song, why she never brings it up. What What is going on with that? Why do you think that she does that? It might be not... I'm not saying that she thinks it's boring, but I, it might be because it's a slow 
song she might feel it's really like of a downward like approach and she probably thinks that over christmas like the up-tempo things resonate more so she probably hasn't steered in that direction but then we have had other songs that she she does sing but miss you most like we're all saying it's it is music box and i do think it is very music box i think it's better than music box it's definitely better than music box (laughs) yeah i think the song miss you most is better than the whole music box album combined but we can talk about that when we talk about the music box album precisely but i do think that it, it probably gives her a music box moment. Like it's not a happy song. It does give me music box vibe. She doesn't really perform that many things from those eras either. Yeah. And we know she doesn't love like a sing sing moment. So. But I mean, maybe at this point when she was writing, she was probably, maybe the wheels were already slightly in motion. Maybe the true colors of the other person were starting to show. And it it was written as like an amalgamation of things that, the saddest things that she's experienced over Christmas, like with her siblings, um, the separation of her parents and splitting herself between two parents, the marriage she was in and how that was looking in reality and you know you can write lyrics subconsciously as well like she probably didn't realize what she was writing then all of a sudden she's like wow and so she recorded it you know what i mean and it probably is amalgamation of all of the things that were happening at the time so it's it's a very important song still i feel but i don't know again like i'm 50 50 it lives up to the hype but again it doesn't and i I just feel like she's steered away from it probably because she feels like it's raw but also like she probably isn't completely tapped into the fact that everybody would like a live moment of this well now that you've said that it does give me like little mariah vibes yes like it definitely does do we want to talk more about mishimus I don't want to hear another word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Okay, well, very aptly placed after our discussion of Mission Most at Christmas time is Joy to the World. And I feel like with Joy to the World, she always brings, I don't know if she'll do it this time, and I don't know if she's done it a lot throughout her uh, US Christmas shows, but I feel like when she's done it over here in London, she always brings up a thing of like, I wish everybody peace, happiness, and joy. And she always says, well, joy at least, you know? And I feel like this is perfectly placed after Miss You Most. And I, I like the fact that she always incorporates it into her live shows too. For sure. I, um, I only ever listen to one version of this song. And it is the live, well, since 2019, I only listened to one version, and it is okay. the live version at St. John the Divine. Absolutely. Same bitch, same bitch. You, you cannot talk about this song. You cannot yeah. talk about this song without the, the, the Holy Ghost taking over Mariah's body. Feel it, feel it, feel it. Feel it, feel it, feel it. Now, this is one of those few live moments that I fucking adore. <laughs> Which was actually live, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> so good. I mean, come on. I mean, there. I I actually don't even have words. It's just perfection. The Holy Ghost, like you said, took over her body. She took everyone to church. Uh, I mean, this that entire that entire cathedral Saint John the Divine moment is just another level of amazing but that performance in particular is actually one that i show people quite often absolutely 
around the holidays, I will always show people, I always say, I'm like, yo, look at this. And then I always show them there. Everyone is always just so impressed with what it's like. It's, it's a piece, it's a, it's a work of art. It's one of her best life performances. And the brainwashing moment. <laughs> it's a, it's a moment. It's the defining moment of her career, for sure. You can't be a lamb if you don't try to brainwash others. <laughs> no, I'm the same. Probably not with this song, but like, I would definitely include this song, I think, in probably five of the songs. Like, listen, enjoy, purchase, <laughs> you know? <laughs> feel it, feel it, feel it. Feel it, feel it, feel it. And her hair almost has a life of its own, like how it just hangs, but it's just like all moving around. It's just like, oh my God, I can't even keep up with her body. And the diamonds, honey. Oh. Mariah had drip, uh, girl. This yeah. whole thing was and spectacular. Yes, yes, honey. She really did. She was, she was to the nines, bitch. And the lip, she looked so 90s. Like this is an iconic <laughs> 90s moment. But like she she looked like her, like Mariah always stands out in no matter what era she's in. Like she's timeless. But like this was like a very 90s moment. Like the fucking scrunchie up top with the hair dripping down. Oh my God. Like the half curly, half straight hair. And really shiny. Very shiny. Very shiny. Bouncy. Very oh bouncy. Yes, bouncy. Really good the hair. bounce was there, girl. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. That again, I, I said this earlier, but that entire moment at that church it, it's just what a perfect way to promote the album what a perfect performance because it's so right up her alley too and it was for a good cause a cause that's important to her that she still to this day works with you know what i mean so it's just like it just it means a lot to her and i think that in the you know when you look back mc30 you know we were looking back at the best moments of her career this stands out to me as one of yeah. her great performances as a whole. Like this, this is up there with Madison Square Garden, 1995. This is up there, you know, with with Apollo Theater. This is up there with mm -hmm. Tokyo Dome. Absolutely, God, you know what I mean. Mariah's it's a career star. defining moment. It is a career yeah. defining moment. One hundred percent. This is these performances are where the seeds of her becoming the queen of Christmas are planted, bitch. Yep. Like. Absolutely. And oh, and don't forget the background singers in the back of this performance as well, either bitch in their green and red um the uh gown moments or whatever they're called, you know. Yeah, everyone was on point. Everyone. Yeah. I and think what makes this song really unique is that she samples uh Three Dog Nights Joy to the World, where she I does the that. joy to the people everywhere you see. Yeah. I thought that was really clever of her to do that in this song as well. Mariah loves a sample and she always yes so cleverly and so perfectly she's like the epitome of how to use a sample and that's yeah. the version that's the version of joy to the world i think of like the the version the three dog night version i don't think of joy to the world without it like sometimes i hear a version without it and i'm like wait what's going on here yeah um same. so i love that she tied them both together i think it was it was effortless. She She's very, we've said it before, and I think it's not really new knowledge. She's very clever in how she ties in inspirations for songs. And, um, but I just, the, the next like iconic version of Joy to the World, I feel is Whitney Houston's version. And I always feel like when I listen to that, it does give something slightly different. It's not as good as Mariah's, but I'm always missing that part that we've just talked about. It's just, it's just, for me, it is part of Joy to the World. And the song is called Joy to the World as well, isn't it? 
I think so. I think it's Three Dog Nights. I think, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think, yeah. I, I and it, think it, when I heard the original, like, I th- it threw me that it wasn't a Christmas song. Well, I mean, I, so funny enough, that version of that song, I actually know it for, <laughs> again, not a Jew. I mean, not, not a Christian, <laughs> I'm a Jewish person. I'm a Jewish guy. So I know these songs for weird versions, weird reasons. And um, I was a huge Hilary Duff fan growing up. And the movie that she was in called Raise Your Voice, the opening scene of that movie is them singing the joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, whatever. So I knew that before hearing this version. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's what this song is. So I only realized that she used it as a sample when I was way, way older because I never knew the original Joy to the World, like the the, the Christmas version. I thought that was the song. <laughs> Girl, as soon as you brought up that movie, I I have ADHD, so I my brain just goes off on little like tangents and moments in my head, Same. and I, I could not help myself but think of Hillary Duff going like, "Hey yeah yeah yeah," and oh like, "Oh my the, god, oh my god," that <laughs> moment where she sings, and then they, uh, yeah. yes 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 <laughs> yeah yeah it's been like um b- viral on the internet lately and yeah, i just I've like, seen it all over tiktok <laughs> yes all over tiktok and as soon as you said that just instantly went there not, not, not that hillary duff and mariah carey go hand in hand no. <laughs> no it was terrible it was it was bad it was bad <laughs> I don't know any Hillary Duff songs apart from I didn't even know this song either. But there's that weird dance routine she does, which is all over social media. That's With love. Well, listen, Hillary Duff was my like I was I was eight to twelve years old, so it was meant for me and my age group at that time only, like literally only. So it, <laughs> lots of memories for me. But but all this to say is that's why I recognize when I listen to Mariah's Joy, Joy to the World, I recognize that part. So I never realized that it was actually a sample. Well, what do we think about the remixes? Because there's so many amazing. Yeah, what do you guys think about the, the Joy to the World celebration mix that was released in 2016? And the, the, music the video. video for the remix. Yeah. Well, Mariah was doing this thing during this year where she, I, I feel like they just had a lot of stock footage from the All I Want for Christmas is You shoot. So they mixed that in with all these Christmas videos. And then it's like Mariah was on tour with Josephine in this video, running around in a little red dress. But that it was just a, a clip video again, is what I'm trying to get to. I, I like the I remix. Mean, it's, fun. it's festive. I think it's her best Christmas remix period. Yeah, and the candy red vinyl of it. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God, bitch. I love that candy red vinyl. Yeah, that oh, so cute. Oh my God. And that's all I got to say about it, I guess. Is it a David Morales or is that too early? No, there's no David Morales mix. Oh, okay. All right. Moving on to track seven, which is Jesus Born on This Day. This is another Mariah Walter A original. I think this is the third one. I think this is that this is probably my least favorite song on the Christmas album. I hate saying that. I don't know. I just, I'm not loving a Mariah Christmas ballad. I don't know why. But yeah, those are my thoughts on it. I think this song's cute. Yeah, like it's it's an it's a cute song. I this is definitely one of the songs that I used to sing to my dad to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that matches the children's choir. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's fun. It's cute. It's nothing special. I always 
thought it was just like a whatever song. Actually, I'll never forget. I once was dating this guy and I was like singing the song because it was Christmas and he was singing it. And I was like, oh my God, do you like, because he wasn't like a lamb or anything. I was like, how do you know this song? He's like, we used to sing it in church. And I was a kid. I was like, you know, this is a Mariah Carey original, right? And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So there's a whole group of people out there that sing this song in their churches and shit. Just FYI. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I do like the children's choir in it. I think it's, it makes it really like heavenly sounding. I guess that's the the best way I can put it. But like, yeah, they're very angelic. But going back to like the St. John's, St. John Divine performance, like, I don't know if I have ADD, but I don't know if you catch it either, but there's a part, there's a part in the live version where one of the children is like over singing and I always catch it and it always bothers me for some reason. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I've thought that before too, actually. But in like a thought in the end, I'm like, oh girl, it's okay. Have your moment. You're on stage at Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never noticed that. I got to go back and forth. How do you not notice that? It's like, it's, it's right at the very end. Well, because this isn't my favorite song, like one of my favorites off the album. So I don't really go to the live performances of it. I'm shook that you that, you know, like, how do you know these random little details in these live performances? Because I told you this is like, bitch, this is the only live Mariah album I will listen to. That's it. Like, I know this one by the back of my hand. Like, this is a good one. (laughs) <laughs> there's so many good lives honey. i was gonna say but i'm not going there i've already yeah. i've already thrown too much shade today i know like girl you'll but learn I, I don't have anything else about this song in particular it's cute it's there i don't usually skip it but whatever yeah it's like one of the filler tracks yet it's not a skip i'm separate like it is a filler track but it is a skip for me oh unless i want to experience the album as a whole i will skip this song Well, all right, then. Our next song is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And the background singers on this song are Mariah herself, Melanie Daniels, Kelly Price, and Shin Ray Price. What do you guys think of Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Because Mariah's version is very bouncy. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's very all I want for Christmas is you part two, like the I know it's the same thing. Um, I've I liked it as a kid. I was a huge fan of it as a kid because you know it was a fun Christmas song. Um, I think it's festive to do live, it's fun dancing gingerbread men and presents everywhere, presents for all, darling. And I think that it's just it's fun. What else is Santa Claus is coming in town supposed to be? I love the remix of it where she does the Jackson 5 version, I think she sounds great great in that version as well um i do think i like that version a little better but i think as the song santa claus is coming to town i've always just preferred the jackson five version of the song um but it's cute it's fun i'm happy it's in her christmas discography and i think it has you know it's held up a good enough life over the years you know she's performed it many times and has spread joy to the world if you will (laughs) yeah i agree with you like i like this song i don't really have much to say about it it is very upbeat very happy um but and it's very camp to me but i don't really have a lot to say about it um i do agree with you again on the jackson 5 version that mariah redid i love that version i think more than this version but i still like this version what do you guys think about that uh santa claus is coming to town claymation video that mariah did you know what I'm talking about? Where it's all creepy. Yeah, uh, it's a thank you next for me. I don't think I've seen that. It's 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 a, a, it's like I never see it being pushed, but it's on there on her YouTube channel. Isn't it more 
CGI. Like, it's like they put her in with these claymation, like, from, like, the early 50s claymation Christmas like movies. The Chris Kringle but, thing. Well, I like those movies. Yeah, I know, but Mariah isn't really claymation. She's more of, like, a CGI kind of, like, cartoon Mariah. And her eyes don't blink. It's really weird. <laughs> hard skip for me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. It is very creepy, Gia. Like, you'll see. It's cute. It's played on the cartoon character from the Heartbreaker video. Yes, it's it's just cute as a music video. It, it, again, it's neither here nor there. I When I first saw it, I thought it was part of a television special. And I thought it was done for that. Like, I don't know, an intro, outro, or a moment because of the timing when it came out 2001. We know she wasn't really, like, doing too much at that point because of what was going on around her. But, like... I thought it was like a substitute thing to show and I think I got that wrong. It's cute. No, it is not, girl. It's it's not cute. It's whatever. Not everything's going to be perfect. Yeah, but not everything's cute. But there is a cute video, actually, of just more like all I want for Christmas is you footage for it, though. I think that's fan made, though. Oh, do you think that's fan-made? It looks real. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> because all those videos look the same back then, so of course they, it looks yeah, real. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's not the cutest, but, you know, it is what it is, so it's whatever. So the ninth song on the album is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but isn't it mashed up with another song? In Excel is Deo. In Excel is Deo. Like, do you guys listen to it for the In Excel is Deo part or the Hark the Herald Angels Sing part? Because to me, I love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I don't love that she mashed them together because my favorite live performance of Hark the Herald Angels Sing is when Mariah performed it in like the Emotions era. And she fucking slayed that performance. And it was just more of like a standard version. For me, this song, uh, I have very short thoughts. It Honestly, it is a skip for me, this song. What? Just because, yeah. I yeah, just, this version's not the best. It's just, oh honestly, my God. This isn't exciting. Like, I don't have any pre- personal memories to the song, right? Because I, to me, I'm just hearing it as a Mariah Carey song. I do find it boring. I never liked that she opened her Christmas shows with this song, to be honest, because I was like, you have so much better that you could. Yeah, um, she should open them up with, like, God rest you, Mary Gentleman. Oh, which we'll, which we'll get to in a which bit. Which we will get to, bitch. Yes. But, yeah, all I have to say about this song is, skip. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not everybody has taste. Oh, no, but... they, no, you guys are wrong because I think I would skip this one, too, if I... Well, you, you're right, Not everyone has taste, but I do. Y'all fucking bumped your heads. This is my second favorite Mariah Carey Christmas song ever. Jesus. To what? me, this is... What's this is, going on? <laughs> to me, this is almost as good as a oh, Holy Night to me. No, for real, for real. God. For Honestly, real, for real. That's... that's... That's crazy to say. Honey. This song makes me cry too. Y'all are haters. <laughs> You're allowed to have your feelings. It's okay. It is so good. I cannot believe y'all skipped this song. Gareth, no, you need I to interject here. That, you know, her, her, her live performance is just so much. Gareth, remember when we had our whole episode about that performance? Christmas in July. Yes. It was so much better than this album version. I'm just so surprised she like made it like faster and like it's not as good, right? Like, come on. Well, I will say I like it. 
I do. It is not the most prominent song on the album. I feel like Girl, it's there. Bye. I feel like it's there with Miss You Most, even though they're not the same. It, it's I'm not against You did it, not but... put this in the same realm as Miss You Most. Like for real. <laughs> it just, it most just is way better. It just is there for me. <laughs> oh, like God. I I feel like okay, I can listen to it, but it's from all the songs on this whole album, it's not the one I will go to. Like, All I Want For Christmas Is You, Joy To The World, you know, it's just not that. But it, it, it's there, and I will I will always <laughs> listen to it. I will always sing along, as if I can sing like Mariah and like no one's listening. I will definitely do that for Mishy Most and Hark The Herald Angels Sing. Um, pro- well, what, who am I kidding? I'll listen, I'll do that for what track 1 to 11, but... I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I don't know. 50-50 again for me, this one. I, mm. I, I can't believe it. Like, I literally can't believe it. Listeners, if, I need you to stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> and you need to go to our social media. And you uh, need to comment on our latest post that Michael, Gia, and Gareth are haters. And they don't I know don't, what the I, fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I don't hate and it. You're the one who came for Miss You Most at fucking Christmas Yeah, time. the lambs like, are going to come for you, darling. They're God. coming oh, for no, you, babe. No one's coming for anyone. You're so funny, Gareth. I think Hog the Herald Angels sing. It does have the nostalgic things again, like with the like twinkling of the music, and it reminds me of being at school and doing the bullshit school projects. Right, like you know that last week before you break up for the Christmas holidays, and it's it reminds me of all those things, decorating the trees and watching the lights. It's so nice, and it it has its it does have its place on the album, like every single track. You can't deny that, but like it's not a huge moment. Yeah, I don't Girl. like how she. I don't like how she performed this one on the album i wish she would have done it straight like how she did in the emotions era so it's a pass for me personally Skip. but i i feel like if the emotions era version was on there it would have got lost. oh i would be gagged I, I like the emotions era one but i feel like it would have got lost on the album like amongst no way else. that would have been giving me an oh holy night like moment it's her heart that herald is so much better earlier in her career i like it i don't know if it needs to be on the album i'm i'm a little bit like disappointed that we didn't like in my opinion they should have on the original standard pressing of this album they should have taken this off and put god rest you merry gentlemen but i digress oh i've never heard anything as crazy in my fucking life (laughs) (laughs) i think god rest you merry gentlemen is perfectly placed in the American version? Oh, wait, but you're in Toronto. Did you have God Rest You Mary No, I didn't have it. That's what I mean. What? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we didn't get it here until 2005. <gasps> I yeah, didn't yeah. know yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so we told you. I only heard it for the first time when I was, wait, because the, C- the CD that I ended up buying when I was like 15 didn't have uh, God Rest You Mary Gentleman on it. Um, in Canada, we didn't have it. The, the first time I ever heard it was i'll never forget was in 2015 for me when what? i watched when i watched that special that she did with um remember she had the movie the netflix one um was it Nef- it was it was yeah um, with the lifetime christmas movie yeah with Lacey chevere so yes it was, yes oh, yeah, yes the special is on netflix the concert yes that's the first time i ever heard her do that song she slayed that too i just posted that on instagram our instagram actually so so all this to say is 
it, I, I think that if they were choosing 10 songs only, because remember, we didn't have God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, I really think that Hark the Herald, Angel Sing could have gotten the boot because I, I find it complete filler. I think so too. I think that we should still keep it at the end of the album. Just take out. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, like the last song is perfect. It just like, it should have been there and Hark should have not. Well, this is the last episode of the Obsessed No, podcast. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're so extra, bitch. That's my line too, so. <laughs> I know. I was pulling one from your book. <laughs> Amazing. Sorry, I don't want to be a hater. You know what, Nick? I love the song. Liar. <laughs> oh what was that ringtone liar <laughs> oh my god not the ringtone <laughs> well oh, ringtone. anyway track 10 you guys um i will happily introduce this one because i love this song jesus oh what a wonderful child what do we think about it come on jesus come on jesus i have a fun <laughs> fact about this song they say jesus in this song 149 times <laughs> wow <laughs> I counted it, bitch. You can count how many times they say Jesus, but you can't sit through a live performance from Mariah Carey. Oh, wow. Scorching. No, it's not scorching. Anyway. It's just a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a question. Anyways, this was the song I was referring to earlier when I said I didn't appreciate when I was younger, but grew to love it. This is that song, but I love this song now. It is the OG Jesus song before Fly Like a Bird. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, no, Vision I, of Love. I think Make It Happen, honey. Vision of Love, Make It Happen. Yeah, we did get moments. Well, and... those, were, those are moments. Yes, those are moments, but I feel like they weren't as straight up. Whereas I feel like this is probably the first straight up religious moment, like Jesus moment. Because mm -hmm. as much as Vision of Love and Make It Happen definitely have a lot of gospel influences, they still are able to be played on pop radio. True. Because it's Whereas, more yeah, they're oh, gonna... You're not really hearing Fly Like a Bird on pop radio. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, she's definitely giving the glory of the candles to Jesus in the song. Like, this is over the top Jesus song. And then the, the end of this song is where we get that joy to the world moment for St. John the Divine. Oh, yeah. Gee, 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 gee. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she pops off on the vocals on this song, too. She loves she loves to have those little like um like going off moments that are what do they call it in jazz like stack stacking in my scatting 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 um she loves a moment like that she loves to do little things like that inspired do, do, by do, that, do, that. Do, do. Oh, yes 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 so much yes so much yes yeah <laughs> yeah the the end of this song like how it goes off and changes kind of reminds me of fall in love at Christmas time a little bit just a little I know it's different. But they still kind of do go off into a different sort of moment. So I just thought I would mention that. Because I do love Fall in Love at Christmas. Yeah, she's cute. <laughs> Girl, you don't like Fall in Love at Christmas either? I don't not like it. No, that's not true. I, I like I mean, she's not. She's definitely not first Christmas album. Yeah. But like, of course. It just, it feels, Fall in Love at Christmas is just one of those, like, I don't not like it, but I don't, like, go out of my way to listen to it, if that makes sense. But what if she performed it at your concert? And I'm sure I'll enjoy. I'm sure I'll love it live. That would be cute. And you know what maybe I mean? like everything's not better. Like I, I even love Hark the Herald Angel sing live. You know what I mean? Like if it's live, I'll, I'll love it. She oh, right, now you, oh, there, now you love Hark the Herald Angel sing. <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> I feel like she could do fall in love at Christmas normal, and then that could be also be a costume change, and it goes into the like the what's the remix, the Arla remix, like with the yeah. beat. The Cutmore oh. one I like. Either. Like, it should just go straight into it. She could, like, ad-lib over it as she's walking into the dressing room to get changed, like she does with Butterfly at the end of most of her tours. Like, that would be cute. I like that. I do like that. We'll see. We have a couple weeks to go. Yes. Two weeks um, on mon- from Monday. I can. Wow. Oh, wait. Well, yours is probably sooner than that, because mine's two weeks from Monday. So yours is already two weeks. I'm seeing her Dece- Sunday, December 11th. So I'm very excited. Well, do you guys um, have anything else to say about Jesus, What a Wonderful Child? Are you guys ready to get into the final song of the album, which we already kind of alluded to earlier that it wasn't really the final track of the album when we first got it, but we all definitely consider it the final track of the album because, bitch, this is one of my favorite Mariah songs ever. Although she's only like a minute and a half long, she packs a punch. And all of the Mariahs, like, layered and stacked a gospel of Mariah, a choir of Mariahs. It's, it's iconic. For God me, it is vocal. It is, it is vocal, vocal perfection. It's just like how the album opened up was perfect. Ending with this song yes. is perfect. Even though we didn't have this song in America, because I always considered it a bonus track until recently. Like Michael was saying, like we didn't have it here. I was downloading the shit off of Napster. Like that's the only way I could hear this song back in the day. But this song is so incredible. It perfect ending. Perfect ending. For me, it's the last note. It's that ja, 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 confident. Like that. It's like, whoa, it's like you, yeah. like for me, when I, I want to, I was, I have to, I literally still have to step back and what a way to end the best Christmas album ever recorded. Yeah, it's perfect. It, for me, it's always been on the end of my album and over here. And it does, again, we've said it so many times, it baffles me when she's so big in America and yet America seemed to not have some of these songs on their albums yet. The UK get a few where she's more of an album artist, so maybe that's why. And she's more of a single artist in America, so maybe there's something in that. And then Japan, get they really strike the jackpot with the extra songs. So it, it I had no idea. I mean, I know we, we probably have mentioned it over the course of uh, our podcast existing, that it's not on the American album, but I can't imagine this whole album without that closing it well it's on the american album now with the 25th anniversary edition so we we have it now but and yeah, it's on never... the vinyl it oh, is on okay the vinyl. yes it is it's on the vinyl the you're right okay but that those only got pressed in like 2016 or something so i kind of consider it a b-side it, when i think about it, just how it's been in my life all this time and hasn't been in my life i had to like go out of my way and like purchase an import cd to get it it's Oh my God. I consider it part of the album, definitely. So do I. I consider it part of the album, but, but but I do understand that perspective, definitely. I definitely do get that. But, I mean, I think it's safe to say it's... Now, anytime this album does anything, it's always included in the track listing standard version. And perfect way to end the, the, the Christmas album. I think that she couldn't have sequenced this any better, to be honest. Yeah, That's it's true. all acapella just her vocals stacked like i said before choir of mariah's so she gives you like every version of her you want to hear in that moment and she completely fills the room with her her beautiful voice and then 
runs going on top of each other and whistles in the background. And it brings you to the heart of what Christmas is again. Like she does it in Silent Night. She perfectly opens up the album with what Christmas was intended to be about. And then that's how she ends it. Just two perfect songs to do it. So genius. So where do we think Merry Christmas ranks among all Christmas albums and our predictions of the future with Merry Christmas? Oh, and we should rank it in our like Mariah albums. Like, is it like, where does it rank in our favorite Mariah albums? I don't rank her Christmas albums with her regular. That's fair. That's fair. They're like separate to your favorites. Yes, they're, they're definitely my separate, but like, I can't, pick a favorite between the first album or the second album you know what i mean um no i can pick <laughs> do you like the first one better well bitch you don't even like park the herald angel sing so girl i don't but i think this one i i love the second christmas album but i like i absolutely love it but i do think this one is way better yeah i think they both have their time and place for sure i think 100%. this one vocally um shits on the other one for sure but well, I'm a, I'm a fan of her like I'm a huge like her voice is what made me fall in love with her so the vocals are always gonna take precedence and importance with me that's fair yeah this is definitely her most important vocal performance of all time so where do we think it'll end up in the future it's gonna live on forever this album's gonna live on forever this is definitely a classic it's a staple at this point um I think that it's at this point her most it, it there's it's gonna it's going to pass all her albums in sales at some point because it's just going to keep selling every single year. Do you understand? So there's yeah. going to be a time when this becomes her best-selling album. And it's, yeah, nothing nothing further than that. It, it will live on forever. Yeah, Period. I definitely think it'll live on. I think it'll be a staple in uh, traditional Christmas playlists for centuries. Like it, it is becoming one of those Christmas staples like Matt Kingle's The Magic of Christmas and Bing Crosby's Merry Christmas and even uh Elvis's Christmas album. Like, it's like... Elvis has a Christmas album? What? 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 I'll have a blue... You know that song. I know Elvis Elvis has songs. I didn't know he had a full-on album. Yeah, he does. Usually the songs come with an album. Well, back then. Nowadays, they don't. But back then, they did. (laughs) All right. I think we did it. I'm definitely going to be jamming to the vinyl today now as I clean my apartment because <laughs> all I'm thinking about are these songs now. But it gets you in the spirit. Thanksgiving is done for all well, American Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving was in October in Canada, but that's when they say it's like the official like Christmas mode. And I feel like now I, I feel comfortable now that I can officially get fully into the Christmas music now for the year. And so I'm doing it today. <laughs> are you going to decorate too? Probably. I, I, I don't know. Cause the thing is I'm actually moving in the new year. So oh, yeah, I don't, I haven't decided. I might do, I might just do like a little, little something just for do myself. a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. Like I have, I'm going to maybe do like the tiny little ones and put it in a corner somewhere. Cause there's, I just feel like there's no point in me doing all of that when I'm already going to have to destroy everything in the new year. So, but yeah, I'm probably going to do a, I'm going to Charlie Brown it this year. <laughs> well, I think Michael, that this was, a great album review and I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and it was great to get your opinion on everything especially as like a Jewish lamb like that's a really cute perspective that we don't have on the podcast so thank well, you for having me I appreciate it I love talking to all you guys about it jokes and all flaws and all 
Um, and yeah, I just, I think Mariah's music just brings people together. And that's a huge reason of why I love her Christmas album, because it feels like it's like the one thing about her that almost everyone unanimously will get on board with. And so I will jump on that train and ride it home, honey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to um, plug your podcast or your socials? Sure. Well, so everybody can find me on both my personal socials and my podcast socials. So my podcast is Planet 2000s. You would just write that out like 2000. And you can hit me up on Instagram for the podcast page at Planet 2000s. And if you want to hit up any of my personal pages as well, where I talk just as much about all the music everywhere, uh, you can hit me up at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H, on everything, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Um, and yeah, my podcast is available everywhere you would stream a podcast. And I have done Mariah episodes before, but I've, I do pretty much every you know prominent 2000s artists. They all get a moment to shine on the podcast. So yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It was awesome and so much fun. Seriously, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you. Anytime. Like, this has been like a really fun experience. And yeah, I can't wait to listen back to it because I, I have been a lamb who has been known to not love the Christmas thing and her being like the queen of Christmas because um, I was born in 96 and I've just been like wanting her to have like a re-emancipation. But like doing this episode and then the previous Christmas episodes we've done have just really been getting me in the spirit of Christmas and Mariah and everything. And it's just cool to see that she's still out there doing it. And this album has, is, is the foundation of her like status right now. So it's just really, I'm just grateful that you were here and that we got to talk about it. It was a good episode and it was fun to talk about. So thank you seriously so much. All right, you guys, thank you for enjoying this episode of the Obsessed Podcast. If you guys uh, like this episode, you should leave us a review, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on all social medias at the Obsessed Podcast. We're on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Also Facebook. Okay, you guys, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>